Genesis 1. Uh, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth, the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light, the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. Then God said, let there be, be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. Thus God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters, above the firmament, and it was so. And God called the firmament heaven. So the evening and the morning were the second day. Then God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters he called seas, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the earth bring forth grass, and it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, and the herb that yields seed according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit whose seed is in itself according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the third day. Then God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night and let them, and let them be the signs of and seasons and days and years. And let them be for light in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth. And it was so. Then God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. God sent them into the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth and to rule over the day and over the night. And so, sorry, and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Then God said, let the waters abound in an abundance of living creatures and let the birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament of the heavens. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that moves with which the waters abound according to their kind and every wounded bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good and God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let the birds multiply on the earth. So the evening and the morning were the fifth day. Yeah. Then God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind, cattle and creeping thing and beast on the earth, each according to its kind. And it was so. And God made the beast of the earth according to its kind, cattle according to its kind and everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. That moves on the earth. 
And God said, see, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth, and every tree whose fruits yield seed. To you it shall be for food. Also to every beast of the earth, to every kind of the, <clears throat> excuse me, to every bird of the air and to everything that creeps on the earth in which there is life. I have given every green herb for food and it was so. Then God saw everything that he had made and indeed it was very good. So the evening of the morning were the sixth day, amen. Amen, praise the Lord. We bless the name of the Lord um, for such a glorious word. And um, as we are coming to dig deeper into the word of the Lord, I'm, I'm very certain that when it comes to the creation story, um, everybody is um, a bit um, conversant with, and um, I don't know if anyone is here that he doesn't know anything about um, the creation story, which I'm very much aware that all of us in one way or the other, we are very, very much aware of the creation story. But um, before we, we go to the um, creation story, um, some of you who have had access to um, our bill or our flyer for today's um, service, um, it's known as Kreashu ex nihilo. Um, Kreashu ex nihilo means, um, is a Latin word that is creation out of nothing. And before I speak about Kreashu ex nihilo, um, there is something that I want to talk about, especially in Europe. Um, we have got to know that Europe is um, a place where secularism is on the increase. That is, when we talk about secularism, where people now think that there is no God and nobody wants to go to church anymore. Nobody wants to hear about, let's talk about um, God anymore. So that is what is on the increase. Um, yes. So when we talk about Kriyashu um, ex nihilo, as I stated earlier that, um, I want to talk about secularism first before we talk about um, the concept or the story of creation um, to the best of our knowledge. And one of the things that we um, know, especially in our, um, Europe now, is the concept of people not going to church anymore, that you don't need to talk about God to me, or um, let's know uh, we can do whatever we want to do, but God is not part of it anymore. And you can see big cathedrals in Europe right now as I'm talking, but the very moment you enter into all these cathedrals, you don't see anyone even in these cathedrals. So this is what now Europe is, that is also now moving very strongly into uh, many developed worlds as in a secular world. So for, for example, there are some countries that have declared themselves that we are a secular nation. And with the very moment we talk about they being a secular nation, it means that God has now been taken out of their dealings and of all their actions. And one of the things we want to, I want to bring to fore is that secularism, when we talk about secularism, it, it rose up in the 17th century and the concept of secularism was to roll back religious thinking and also to bring in, that is um, bringing a critical thinking and also using critical thinking to solve circumstantial and existential problems. So that is what secularism was about. That is, let us now take God out of every problem we see. 
Let us not take God out of all the things of the world and let us not use critical thinking into solving problems. So out of um, secularism came up um, the rise of the rising signs, um, rationalism, that is the age of enlightenment to a bit of you who know about um, the age of enlightenment, when people began to think into things or when people beca be began, um, people becoming what we call um, um, free thinkers and they try to any, any subject that comes about, we are looking at it from the pros and cons. That is the, the negatives of it and the positives of it. So this is what came about as a result of secularism. And the third concept that also rose out of secularism is what we call the modern world or the contemporary world. And when we talk about the modern world, we are talking about using um, modern methods to solve problems. So for example, in terms of farming, now we have what we call modern kind of farming. And even in terms of our, our, our costumes and everything, they all came out of modernism. So these were the three concepts that rose up or, or out of what we call um, secularism. Now, when um, secularism also started coming, we also see here that religion um, was rolled back. So right now, if you see Europe, what we see here is that um, secularism has now rolled back religion. That is, we can't face God in everything we do. God cannot be placed anywhere. So when we go to, in terms of science, you don't need to bring science. For example, um, coronavirus, those people who are bringing solutions to coronavirus, um, medication for coronavirus, you don't need to bring prayer there. You need to solve it um, by putting chemicals together. We need to solve it by people going to a lab to bring out um, a substance to cause a solution to all these things. And one of the things that I want to say here is that the challenge that the church came up with is that instead of the church or uh, religion trying to solve all these things, one thing that religion did was that religion ended up demonizing everything secular. So religion started demonizing all everything that is related to um, secularism. And we have also seen that, especially in Europe, whilst we have gathered even as Christians, it will be very, very hard for you to see some certain cultures or some certain kind of people among us. It'd be very, very hard for you to see some certain cultures or some certain kind of people among us. And that is why I came here this morning for us to know that if our gospel, in as much as we are in a secular world, that we can't do away with it, in, in as much as we are in a world where we cannot stop the rise of science, in as much as we are in a world where we cannot stop the rise of rationalisms, in as much as we are in a world where we cannot stop the rise in modernisms, like the concept of um, human rights, um, judicial systems, um, trying to give reasonings to um, the rise of um, psychologies and all that. In as much as we cannot stop all these things, one of the things that the Lord is speaking to us is that if our gospel does not affect all these people, it means that our gospel is not making impact. So if you take Europe, for instance, let's take all the churches in Europe. I mean, in London, as an example, enter most of the churches in London. They are all, sorry to say, um, Africans. 
So if an African pastor, you can see that, like as we have gathered here, majority of us are Africans because they see our God as very separated from their understanding of God. And one of the things that I also stated earlier that is the church has also demonized all these concepts. So for example, let's look at even COVID-19. Um, oh, so what is, the, what is the definition of religion? Now 666 is coming. Oh, this is 666. You know, this is demonic. You know, this is this, this is that. So when it happens like that, sometimes we think that, oh, we are, um, we are just saying them. But the reason why we say all these things is that we, we, we give verdicts to these things as a result of our subconscious. That is our previous understanding, our understanding or our knowledge of where we are coming from. And why is it so? Because our knowledge is based on the word of God. And we judge everything from the lens of the word of God. So the question I asked myself is that, how can my gospel affect every culture? How can my gospel affect every race? That also garden will be a place where, as a family where the British is welcomed, um, the, the, the German is welcomed, that they will not come and see like we are in a foreign place. I remember one time when we were in Ghana, um, one, I'm sorry to use this word, like a white man came and um, he saw the way we were clapping and praying and he saw that he was in a foreign world altogether. He was just looking at us. He didn't know what to do. So, I mean, I reflected on all these things and I asked myself that, what can we do? And I want to say this, that if we're in Europe, like also gathering, being in London or we be in Europe, and if the, the whole message that we are preaching is only centered on a certain sect of people, we end up pushing a lot of people away. So my gospel must accept the gay, my gospel, must accept the, 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 the atheist. My gospel must accept the scientist. My gospel must accept the pharmacist. My, my gospel must accept the medical doctor. My gospel must accept the one that is into cryptocurrency, that is into forest trading, like my brother Clement Yasika. My gospel must accept Dr. Lucy. My gospel must accept the secular musician. My gospel must accept Aiken. My gospel must accept Cardi B. My gospel must accept um, Stormzy. How can I do that? That it will not push them away from God. So the very moment we end up um, demonizing secularism, we will end up pushing people away from God. And let me, let me tell you something here on the concept of secularism that we try to push some certain agendas and from the church, from certain ideologies. But for all you know, that which you speak against, you will end up using them. That which you speak against. So the doctor does, does not fear God. When you are sick, it's the same doctor you run to. The midwife or the nurse that does not fear God. When you are in a problem, it is the same midwife or is the same um, um, nurse that you run to. So if we run to them, then the question is that, how can we then bring, how can we bring them inside? So that is our challenge as Christians. That is our challenge as believers.
and what is our message? So if that is the case, our message must not be a condemnative message. Our message must not be a judgmental message. Our message must be a message of love. Our message must be a message of love, the love of God, the love of Christ, that God loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in this God will never perish, but have eternal life. So that is the message, the message of love. The message of love. So when we become so judgmental and um, somebody can say that uh, it, is, it, is, it, is, it is the foolish that we say in his heart that there is no God. In the very moment, one of the things I've seen about Christians is the very moment people begin to ask questions, then they see them as they are demons. Then they start coming up against them in a different way, in different dimensions. So also regarding as a family, we are, on a, we are on a tangent of bringing everybody in, accepting everybody in with the love of God, with the message of the gospel. So this morning, I, before I can, um, I mean, uh, debunk maybe secularism or try to explain fixing to secularism with the word of God, I just want to talk about creation. As the Latin would say, creatio ex nihilo. Creatio ex nihilo simply means that God creating the world out of nothing. God creating the world out of nothing. And when I talk about God creating the world out of nothing, um, the concept of creation is something that is also shared among all the three Abrahamic religions. When we talk about the Abrahamic religions, that is Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. You know, they all try to, or they all, um, their source of lineage is, is Abraham, or they, they align themselves with their father, Abraham. And all these three religions share the concept of creation that is in the beginning, God created the world. And when they talk about the concept of the creation, what are they talking about here? One of the things they talk about is when you see the creation story in Genesis chapter one, that is the world was formless, it was void. So God ordering a formless and bringing a formless void and bringing into existence some kind of pre-existing chaos. So we saw the world as in a place of chaos. We saw the world that it was in a place of void. Anything that is disorder, it means there is chaos. For example, when you come home from work and you see that your case have disorganized your room, you are not very happy. Um, sometimes you try to order them, who did this, who did that, put this in place. I don't want my house to be like that. So it means that anywhere there is disorder, there is chaos and it brings what we call confusion. So that is how the, um, all these three religions or the Christian religion, that is our doctrine of creation, that the world was formless, the world was void, there was chaos in the world. There was nothing beautiful about this world. And then out of these formless creation, out of these formless beings, God also formed something beautiful. God also formed something perfect. God formed something tangible out of the formless void. So when it comes to creation, creation means that something that was not in existence and God brings it or something that did not have a meaning, God makes it have a clear meaning. So that is our definition for creation. So I want you to have that picture as you run along with me this morning. 
something that was not there, something that did not have a meaning, something that did not have any tangible reference point, then God takes hold of it and makes it have a meaning. So that is all of us, our um, concept um, when it comes to creation. So in a natural sense, when we talk about creation here, what do we mean by creation? That is, we see it as God creating or molding, for example, maybe um, uh, when we go to the house of the blacksmith or um, the mechanical engineer or someone who makes a car, we see that God molding something like a metal from making a car from a metal, or we go to the house of the porter, um, um, the porter making a clay, a clay also, or making a pot from a clay. So these are some of the things that we see. That is um, creation, the creation story creates a picture of someone who molds. The creation story creates a picture of someone who transforms something into something. That is something that is in a state of nothingness into a state of tangible, a state of essentials. So that is what we get to know um, about creation. But one of the things, the differences between um, the creation, so the very moment we, we see creation as God creating um, something out of nothing, in this case, in our Christian way or in the human sense, we limit God. So the very moment we see creation as God making something out of nothing, it means that we have now limited God. Why do we mean by we limiting God? Because we have defined creation as that God acting in a limited world or God is constrained by something that is very close to him. And when I talk about something that is very close to God or something that is constrained, that is redefining God as a constrained being, for example, I mean, if you take um, uh, maybe uh, someone who makes a mobile phone, he needs some materials like the tin, or someone who makes a car, he needs a metal. So if the metal is not there, it means the person cannot make the car anymore. Or someone who makes, uh, who wants to, um, the baker who makes a bread. If the bread is no more, uh, the, the flour is no more, it means that the maker or the, the, the baker cannot make the bread anymore. So when we talk about creation, that is our definition of God making the world, if we also limit God to just a substance that is an existing or a pre-existing being, it means that we have limited God. But with God, he is so distinct and with God, he is so unique. What am I trying to tell you this morning? I came to tell you about the knowledge of God that our God is not limited by any material, as the science will call matter. Our God is not limited by matter. That is, he is a God that is able to use things that are also not in existence, things that are not in reality. And God is able to bring things that are not there into things that are meaningful to us. I am prophesying to someone this morning that it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter where you find yourself, God can make something greater out of your life. That is the uniqueness of God. So God's creative activity is very distinct from all that we see. God's creative activity. So when you look at Genesis chapter one, what we want to say here is that God is, was not limited by the pre-existing materials. That even if those things were not there, 
God was still able to reform. And let me say something here. In theology, we call something exegesis. And exegesis simply means that a summary of it. So in Genesis chapter 1, what we are saying here is that those things to the understanding of the mind of man, that is to the Hebrew scriptures, to the, to the orators of the Hebrew scriptures, they were trying to give an expose that to our understanding, this is how the world was made so that it will not confuse you. But what I want to say here is that as we see in the firmament, as you see the wind, as you see the atmospheres, as you see the stone, God made all those things. God made all those things. He made them. And so the world was formless. So the science would say matter. So even the, that formless being that was there, this morning, I want to tell you that God made that formless being. That formless being that was not there, God made that formless being. I came to ask one few questions. On, on a matter of um, critical and um, reflective thinking that I am happy, I am sad. What are the elements that are put together to form happiness? What are the elements that are put together to form that reaction of sadness? I want you to think about it very well. Somebody says I'm sad, somebody says I'm happy. So what are the elements that are put together to form all these things? I want you to think about it very, very well. So this is what we need to understand about creatio es nihilo. That is God, our God that we serve is not limited by science. Our God that we serve is not limited by what our eyes see. He is bigger, he is greater, he is mightier. So the Hebrew scriptures or the orators of the Hebrew scriptures did not try to confuse us. When I talk about the Hebrew scriptures, um, I'm talking about the, um, the Old Testament because according to the Jews, they don't use the word. They see the word Old Testament as very derogatory. So the Christian tried to adopt it so that it will cause a kind of separation. So the, the Jews don't use the word um, Old Testament. They say the Hebrew scriptures. Now, so when we talk about the Hebrew scriptures here, the Hebrew writers are saying that God is not limited by matter. God is not limited by what our eyes see. God can choose to do whatever he wants to do. And that talks about his, his, um, his sovereign power. Um, that talks about his, his, um, his unlimited being. So I don't know how you, you, you find God this morning. And this morning, I don't know that what you are thinking about. Anything that you are thinking about. So maybe if you are limiting God with any kind of move, you are limiting God with any kind of sin that you see yourself. I came to tell you this morning that God is not limited by anything. God can never be limited by anything. Our God is very supreme and our God is very powerful. God is very supreme and our God is very powerful. So coronavirus cannot limit God. Coronavirus cannot limit God. That which I'm going through cannot limit God. He is very powerful and nothing stands alongside God that is co-equal with God. There is nothing in this world that stands alongside God that is co-equal with God. So I like Tesla, I like um, Elon Musk. Um, I like him very much, but they can never be, 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 be associated with God. 
the inventions that we are seeing right now, the inventions of life, they can never be associated with God. And let me talk about something here. So when I take science and I take God, one of the things that a scientist would do is that a scientist would take a pre-existing material and transform it into something else. I want to repeat this. So when I take a scientist, a scientist will take a pre-existing material and transform it into something else. So no one can tell me that a scientist, any scientist has ever existed that created something extempore, that something that was not there. All the things that they have made in this world, they created out of something. Let's take a mobile phone. It was created out of something. Elon Musk, um, those of you who know of Elon Musk, he's not trying to bring what we call the Neuralink. Neuralink is when they are trying to put a chip in the brain of every individual that, I mean, whoever that would need it or would want it. So for example, whilst I'm on my computer, I can control my computer with my brain without using my hand to touch the, um, without using my hand um, to touch the, um, the computer or my mobile phone. And that is what he's, he's, they are now working seriously to bring up. Or the concept of electrical cars and all these things. All the things that these people are doing, there is something, um, there is something unique. Or the secret is that they are all making things out of an existing or a pre-existing element. Out of a pre-existing material. Out of a pre-existing matter. But our God who made the world. He made this world out of nothing. Creatio ex nihilo. That is, he made this world out of nothing. He made this world out of nothing. So this morning, what am I telling you? If God tells you, you can be more than where you are now. It is, what am I meant to do? I am meant to believe it. He made, he makes things out of nothing. I want to ask one simple question here that let's take a woman like Rahab. So this morning, I want you to have a broad thinking. Let's look at a woman like Rahab. In the society of Rahab, can you imagine what was happening to Rahab? She was a prostitute. And when we talk about prostitute, to some of us who may not know um, someone who is merchandising um, sex, then out of her, God makes, brings deliverance to a people. Have you ever asked that question? Yes, one of the things is that we read Bible, we just run, 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 and we just read the Bible. So we don't get some certain things. Let's see the world of Rahab. Nobody will like her. And even in our modern world, who will associate himself or herself with the halots? That, hey, Please come and greet my sister. My sister is, a, I mean, or, you know, come and greet my brother. My brother is this. Everyone wants to associate with my brother is a doctor. My, my sister is a lawyer. My auntie is this. These are the people we associate ourselves with. But out of the one that we thought that nothing good can come out of, God uses the same thing to bring miracle to the world. I came to tell you this morning that it doesn't matter what it, which is in you. God is able to create something out of you. And this is the mistake the world makes, or this is the mistake the Christian church will make. We are very quick to condemn. We are very quick to judge. 
And let me tell you something. Maybe I'm speaking to someone who is like, oh, you know what? I am a womanizer. You know what? I'm very quick tempered because that is what the world will tell you. Oh, you know what? I am this. I am that. But I came to tell you that which is in you that, or maybe I am lazy. You know, I'm lazy. You know, in my life, I'm not able to accomplish everything that I'm going, I'm doing. This is my nature. This is my nature. And sometimes the world also tells us our nature. God says, I should tell you this morning that that which the world sees as evil, he can use that same thing to bring glory to himself. And that is what it makes me to understand this morning that I don't need to condemn anyone. I don't need to look myself so righteous. Sometimes we fail in these areas. Yes, we do. But that mustn't be our final decision or that mustn't be our final word. It doesn't matter your weakness. God can make something greater out of you. It doesn't matter your limitations. God can make something out of you. No, I'm saying that don't think very far. What am I trying to say this morning? That which is in you. This morning, I didn't come to preach to the righteous. No, I came to preach to the one who is very quick tempered. I came to talk to that one who say that I am uh, I'm very lazy. I came to speak to that one who say that I am um, there is nothing good that can come out of me. Yes. Or I came to speak to someone that you feel very hopeless in life. That out of that situation you find yourself in right now, that situation you find yourself in right now, God can use that. Um, no, he's not bringing anything new. So, as creation nihilo means that he is able to create nothing. Nothing. So, God uses two things in creation here. Oh, I pray you catch this revelation. I pray you catch it for me. You know, God uses two things here. A pre-existing material and non-existing one. A pre-existing material and not existing one. I'm bringing my word to a close very soon. And I want you to understand these things. That God is not limited by matter. God is not limited. So I came here, you know, the homosexual. Yes, he's a homosexual. I understand that. The gay, he's a gay. Yes, I understand that. He's a gay. But God can use the gayism in him or her. God can use that to bring a miracle to the world. I am speaking to that person that you have defined as very diabolic. You know, this man is very wicked. He's a demon. Yes, I'm talking about that person. That, yeah, that, I'm talking about that witchcraft. I'm talking about that wizard. God can use that wizard to bring a miracle to the world. God can use that homosexual to bring a miracle to the world. God can bring that gay to bring a miracle to the world. So I came to ask you this question. And if you are sick and you are taking paracetamol, do you know who, who, brought, who made paracetamol? Most of them, as I told you, they don't fear God. When you are sick that you went to your GP, do you know whether, you're, did you ask, are you a Christian or you are not a Christian? Are you going to give, you know, the injection you are going to give to me? Let, let me ask, have you read your Bible today? When you go to the hospital, you don't ask these questions. So it means that God can use everyone to bring deliverance to the world. I want you to think about it. The politician is not a demon. So the Christian church, we demonize everything. If we see someone who is very wealthy, oh, he's a demon. 
If we, if we see politicians, this is occultic because that is our notion. If we see the medical doctor, oh, they are something else. I came to tell you today, let us break that syndrome from tonight or from today that God can use everyone to bring deliverance to the world. God can use everyone. And I don't know that which is in your hand today. God says, I should tell you this morning that that which is in your hand, that you see that you are nobody. Hey, begin to rethink out of you, a miracle is coming. Can you imagine that God uses um, men who are leprous? And among the Jews, a leprous man is someone who must not be among human beings, but God uses that leprous person to bring deliverance to the nation. As creatio nihilo, that which is not there, that which is disordered, a miracle is Maybe you are crying right now. God says, I should tell you that out of your cry, he will bring deliverance to nations. You know, stop thinking about yourself. Oh, Rabbi Shanda. You know, maybe you are listening to me this morning that it looks like, oh my God, I made a big mistake. He said that he is going to reform. He is going to reform your mistake into a miracle. You are not a mistake. You are not condemned. The grace of God, the grace of God. Let me say this way since I'm recording. Let me say some few things. Everything that originates from God in creation has a beginning. And the moment when God created things, the moment when God created comes into existence. Every moment God creates, God also sustains. So one of the things about creation is that, that with God also created, he has sustained them. Can you imagine from creation till now? God has sustained creation till now. So when you wake up in the morning, you don't think about the earth. Have you asked yourself, over billions of years, the earth has been in existence till now. Have you asked yourself why? God has sustained the world till now. So anything that God has placed in you this morning, he says, I should tell you, that he will sustain you. You will not die. You will not fail. You will not lose. He, God will sustain you. He is your sustenance to the end of the world. The Lord bless you this morning. The Lord bless you. And Jesus also performed that same miracle when he was able to turn water, made water into wine. And he changing water into wine, the concept was not just to feed people, but the concept was to tell the world that which, that which is in you he can recreate it. He can recreate it to be something essential. As creatio nihilo means God creating something, nothingness, and to be something essential. So you are very essential in your world. You are not disadvantaged. You are not nobody. I want you to see yourself as that. I want you to see yourself as that. So Christianity is not about heaven and head matter. Christianity is not about, I am a sinner, I am a sinner, I am a sinner. No, that is not Christianity. Christianity is about what is in me that even the world doesn't like. God can use that thing to be something profitable to the world. The Lord bless you this morning. The Lord bless you this morning. You are not limited. You are not a failure. You are not a loser. I want you to know today, maybe you have condemned yourself for so long a time. Your time of transformation is now. Your time of transformation is now. 
The Lord bless you in Jesus' name. Let the saints say, Amen.